Welcome to the Joy Felipe Bruce podcast. Sister Joy Felipe is a daughter of Bishop Dag Heward Mills and the senior pastor of the Fountain of Life Cathedral of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. The Fountain of Life Cathedral is a thriving church of young, energetic people full of life for the Lord. Sister Joy is also an itinerant minister of Dag Heward Mills Ministries. She travels extensively, holding pastors' conferences and bringing ministry-related books by Bishop Dag Heward Mills to the nations. She is the evangelist of the Blessed Salvation Crusade. Now be blessed and refreshed as you listen to this inspired message by Sister Joy. Church, put your hands together for the Lord. Are you in the church? Are you happy to be here? Do you love church? If you love church, say, I love church. Today, I'm glad that I'm not the one preaching. Oh, yes, there's an anointed man of God in the house, and I don't know why you are sitting there like that. Mommy has been sending us videos week after week. But today I'm glad to tell you that our pastor, our prophet, our mother is in the house. I don't know why you're there. I want to see you running. I want to see you jumping. Put your hands together and let's welcome our pastor, E.S. Joy. Wow. It's a pleasure to see you this night. Let's pray. Father, we're so grateful for tonight. I pray that your will will be done, that you will speak to us, touch us in our inner man. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. Take your seat. Wow. Hallelujah. How many weeks to exams? Two weeks. Okay. Okay. It's not bad. It's not bad. And have you survived? You've, you've passed your midterms well. Some people, as soon as I mentioned midterms, their eyes went zoom zoom. <laughs> but I really hope that you are beginning to use the time properly. Amen. And if you are a member of this particular service, when you come in on a Saturday, you must endeavor to use your Sunday. Amen rest a little and then get up and actually do something hallelujah but for tonight i'm going back to the message on tithing yeah amen and i know that you have been taught a lot of good things about the tithe if you are wise you will tithe mm, if you are wise if you are wise you will tithe if you are a believer you will tithe if you believe in the scriptures you will tithe are you with me yeah a lot of people say a lot of things i it makes me wonder if they are christian or not i was telling my family when i came back from india that we do not think of india as a christian country we think of it as a hindu country but the christians who are there they believe in the supernatural in their everyday lives and that's something i find very interesting we have walked around, we have freedom of worship, but we have used it to become very secular. Are you there? Mm, very, very secular. So, somebody will come and say, oh, so why should you tithe? After all, if you tithe, you're just giving money to the pastor. You see, secular mind, because the mind does not, is not able to understand that some things are supernatural. 
Yeah, some things are mysterious. It is not as you think at all. Hey, now if your tithe was my salary, I think it might help me a little. Oh. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so tonight, I'm going to be sharing with you from a certain chapter in this book. If you don't have it, you better find it. Because there are sometimes there are people who type, but they don't know why they type. They don't know the biblical backing or the reason why one must type. That's one category of person. There's also another group of person you don't type. Because you are that you are working there, you don't have any faith. Hey, ask your neighbor, which category are you? Mm. What did your neighbor say? <laughs> he doesn't even know what to say. So tell your neighbor that if you don't type, you belong to the category of people who isn't wise. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. In this world, eh, you must know where you belong. So for instance, if you belong to a family called a champion, you will benefit from the things there. So if your name is Entry, and you start to behave or think that you have a right over here. Will you get or you won't get? When they are writing will, a will, will you be inside? No. Why? Because you don't belong there. Many Christians are poor because as you life to Christ, you now belong to a certain family. Then you are expecting to inherit from the system of the world. It cannot happen. It can't go together. Are you there? The system of the world has its own way of making money. Are you getting it? Uh-huh. But you don't belong there. So as you are trying to make money that way, it's a little difficult. Mm. It's a little difficult. Have you noticed, for instance, that when two people decide to steal, somebody can be stealing and he will not be caught. You, you try once, you are caught. Because you are trying to do something that belongs to another family. Another group of people. So you will be caught. So do yourself a favor and learn how to prosper. Amen? According to the rules that the Lord gives. And there are so many of them. And tonight I'm going to be talking to you about how your tithing will make you will associate you with God's law of sowing and reaping. Yeah. Sowing and reaping. Sowing and reaping is actually a universal law. It's a universal, I mean, when I say universal law, if you take a seed and you plant it, seeds and you water it, something will come. Mm-hmm. You know. But you need to understand it and activate it in your life because it is one of the ways in which the Lord blesses us. Am I talking to some believers today? Oh, yes. Hallelujah. I pray that you'll be able to understand. In fact, no, I won't preach about sowing. I would rather preach on wealth creation. Let's go to wealth creation. Yeah. I prefer to talk about wealth creation generally. Sowing and reaping is one. But let's look at wealth creation. It is not so easy to create wealth. Much of the wealth that you see is the same wealth circulating. Because to create it is not easy. Are you there? Uh huh. If you go and steal something, you have not created anything new. Yeah. But to create wealth, 
there are some laws that will help you to create wealth. Can we go through some of them? And, and you will see that people who have implemented these laws over time are very wealthy. When I was coming today, I was going to share with you about the Jews, but I realized that I wouldn't have enough time to take you through the whole thing. But you see that from, from the New Testament, the Lord set these people apart, and he gave them certain rules. In fact, they were the original inheritors of the law to tithe. And up until today, the Jews are the wealthiest people in the world. Going through the Holocaust didn't change it. It's one of the reasons why people don't like them. But they are really wealthy. And when you go and look at the statistics, they have more than their share. Yeah, if you take, yeah, you look at many things. The wealthiest people in the world, if you take the 40 wealthiest people, you discover that a high percentage of them are Jews. The wealthiest people in the world. Are you there? You look at Nobel Prize winners, heavy percentage of them are Jews. If you look at all the different tribes that are available in the world, or all the different countries, how come so many come from just one place? And a lot of it has to do with some of the laws that I'm going to be sharing with you tonight. Amen? Amen. Beautiful. So let's look at the first law. Law number one. The law of sowing and reaping. When you pay your tithe, you are sowing something. Are you seeing it? Now, sowing and reaping is one of the oldest, I mean, wealth-creating methods in the world. Hallelujah. So, as you pay your tithe, you activate it because you have sown something. Many times, people are asking or saying, God, I need this or that. I want this or that, but you have sown nothing. When you pay your tithe, you have sown something, and so now you can also look for a harvest. Hallelujah. Let's, let's quickly look at two scriptures. Psalm 126 and verse 5, which says, They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. So it's not, necess- it's not only pointing to tithing. It's just telling you the universal law. Are you seeing it? Luke chapter 6 and verse 38. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure pressed down and shaken together and running over shall men give into your bosom. For with the measure that you meet with all, it shall be meted, measured to you again. Hallelujah. So all these are rules in the Bible. You give, you sow something and you reap something. Are you there? Beautiful. Some of you, the reason why some of your marks are not too good is because of what you sowed. Yeah. And therefore, you, it's true. You know, for example, you have a subject that you don't like. If you follow your natural tendencies, you will sow very little time into that subject. Are you seeing? Yeah. Then the one you like, rather, you sow a lot of time into it. And you'll be surprised that that is accounting for some of the not so good marks that you have because the subjects you don't like rather is the one that needs more time from you because you don't like it and therefore you're probably struggling a little more to understand it and reproduce it are you there Uh uh-huh so where you have sown your time you have sown your time playing football or watching ball you have sown your time betting Uh uh-huh hey 
Ask your neighbor, are they talking to you? Are they talking? Is it your case? Who are, who are we talking about over here? <laughs> hey, you have spent all your time just flowing around. You know. Let's look at another law. I'm just showing you why or some of the things governing the law of I mean, wealth creation and how tithing is part of that. Number two, the law of prioritization. If you see anybody who is doing very well in something, the person has prioritized something. Are you there? Failing to prioritize makes you fail. So for instance, when it is time as a young man, young lady to be in school, you are prioritizing your education at this time. And if you don't do it, what's going to happen? Mm, your life will be different, oh? So if you want to do well in something, you must seek to prioritize it. Now, the rules of giving your tithe say that you must give of your first fruit. So when the thing lands, you have removed your 10%. In so doing, you are operating the law of prioritization. Some of you, when you get your allowance, you pay everything, and then you are left with five cities. And you say, oh, Lord, it's finished. but you were supposed to pay it when it landed, no, then you took out the 10%. And by doing that, you remember Matthew 6, 33? I'm sure they don't remember. Hmm. Seek first the king, exactly. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all else will be added. So immediately, you cause that scripture, you have activated it. Are you seeing it? Yeah. So when you pay your tithe, I mean, you've just done something which maybe is even like it's a routine thing, but Charlie, you are actually activating something. Hallelujah. So we've got two laws so far. The law of wealth creation, the law of prioritization. Some of you, you have prioritized how to wrap a girl. Yeah, it's true. You have come, when you came to school, you decided that Charlie... Now that I've come, a freedom, I'm coming to experience the freedom. <laughs> and you have prioritized other things. Hmm. Some of you young ladies, you are prioritizing your looks. Hey, shh. Spending all your time on it. It's a different fruit you will get. I don't know what you will bring up. <laughs> but I can tell you that as you type, there's a certain prioritization, something that makes the Lord know that he is first. Amen? Amen. And so it's, it's, it's a very important habit to acquire. You know, when somebody gives you money or allowance comes, you just remove the tithe from it. You have activated something. Hallelujah. Eh? Amen. There's another law, the third law that I want to share with you tonight. You are fulfilling the law of Emulation, Ajay. E M U L A T I O N. Emulation is copying. I beg you. We copy everywhere except in the exam room. I have to say it here before somebody goes to say, Oh, I was in church and they said we should copy. So, me too, I was copying. Tell your neighbor, be very, very careful. Be very careful. Be very careful. But let's look at Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 12. You see, it's telling us something. Hebrews 6, 12. 
be not slothful, but followers of them. That word, followers, emulators, you follow. Followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. So the Bible is saying that there are some people you should look at and learn from. And those who have gone ahead. Amen. Those who have done something and done it well. The art of copying is the number one way to learn on this earth. How did you learn how to speak? You learned by copying the people who were around you who were talking. I was telling somebody one day that my first son used to call his father Patrick. And he used to call me his mother Joy. And the person said, ah, how? And I said, this child was born somewhere. He never heard anybody call us mommy or daddy. What he heard was Patrick and Joy. It was only when he eventually started to go to school that he discovered that uh, every child has a mommy and a daddy. So this must be my mommy and my daddy. <laughs> he was just copying. How does a child learn how to walk? Copying. That's why we have all these films that you see a baby who grew up among wolves and the person is... <laughs> walking on all fours that's what they saw amen so that's why we call it the number one way of learning and you see that if you go to another country and you have children then you have adults the children will start to speak the new language faster than the adults why because they are just operating the copying so it is one of the ways that the lord has given to us please can you tell your neighbor push your neighbor again and say neighbor please minus the exam room if, I, if you go and copy in the exam room, I will pray that you'll be caught. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> ah, why are you begging? <laughs> I'll pray, pa, that you'll be caught. <laughs> because the exam room is the only place where they are trying to test you to see what you remember. But even that, you can even copy the learning skills of somebody. Yeah, if you see how someone studies and the person is doing well, you can say, ah, let me try this method and see if it will work. Mm, mm. Ask your neighbor, you cry, how do you learn? You, how do you learn? How do you learn? How do you learn at all? <laughs> Some people, when you say agenda five, they get fever. <laughs> they get fever, cry, they get sick. But you see, the reason why we're saying that tithing fulfills the law of emulation is that who are we copying? Who are we trying to copy? It means you are trying to copy those who have gone that way before. People who have tithed and have made it. Are you seeing it? Hello? It's not only in tithing that it works. The progressive nations of the world, they have gotten there by, by copying. Why doesn't Ghana have a car? We don't have a car called what? Okay, recently, about how many years ago? A few of them, oh, no, 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 but it's nothing to write home. We haven't seen cars. The nations who make cars, how did they make it? Oh, you are too young to know. Tell yeah. anybody, I haven't come to the chair. You are too, you are too young. You are too young. But when the Japanese started making these cars, the Japanese and the Koreans especially, 
when they started to make their cars, they learned only how to do the body. That's what they could copy. So, the cars started flooding in. We had Mazda, we had all kinds of cars. But when you open the car, the engine is a Mercedes-Benz engine. Yes. Or the engine is a what? BMW, German car. Or French car. That's what was in there. But they were copying. So as they were buying the engines, the engine, some of it, they were just taking it apart to see how it was working. It was working. Are you there? And they copied it out. Then they began to do their own engines. They began to do it. Uh, they began. Today, Toyota, can you buy? Hmm. I said, can you buy a Toyota? The cost of a brand new Toyota four-wheel drive is the same as the cost of a house. Yes. But they learnt it <laughs> by copying. We, we said we won't learn. I remember when the Tico came to Ghana. We laughed. We made jokes. It was a whole advert. It was a whole advert. And we'll watch it and we will laugh. And we made nicknames. And this, but the, it is the makers of the Tico who today are the makers of the Daiwu. As we were laughing, some were copying. Please ask your neighbor, what, what, what exactly? What, what have we copied to me? What, what have we copied? What have we copied? We were feeling so big. And today we are walking around, we are watching the Matisse. And those cars, when they came, we said, what, what little car is this? Today, you can't even buy a Matisse. Hey, it's very serious, though. It's very, very serious. But it's the operation of an old law. Amen. And that is the law of looking at something that has worked and copying it. When the Russians went to Mars first, the Americans were said, sure, we're also going some. And they went. They didn't say, oh, we there, we are farmers. We'll continue to grow our corn. <laughs> hey. <laughs> They also went. So we too, we are saying that look at some people. Oh. You see, if you look at the history of God's people, you will see time and time again, efforts were made to wipe them out. The latest effort being made to wipe them out was the one in 19, from 1940 to 1945, trying to wipe them out. They never succeeded. And the people always bounce back. They go out, they'll bounce back. They go out, they'll bounce back. But when you look at them, one of the things they have it's a strong um, tithing and a strong giving culture. Mm. Push your neighbor and say, so just copy it. And tell the neighbor on the other side that your pepe is too much. Your pepe is just too much. Your pepe is too much. If there's somebody here that you asked for something they didn't give you, you are permitted to cross over and go and tell them that you prepare <laughs> Because along with a strong tithing culture, they also have a strong giving culture. It's not even just a culture, belief, a giving belief. And they say that when you are down, give something. Yes. Yes. They believe that if you are down, you are down. Give something. Hey. Hmm. 
Ask your neighbor, can you do? Can you do some? <laughs> I read for you. You haven't read the book. You don't even have it. In fact, you have it, but you haven't read. The Jews are known for their legendary wealth. They are actually hated because of their success and riches. One of the chief practices of Jews is tithing. Tithing, therefore, is an activity of the legendarily rich. If you want to be rich, emulate rich people. If you want to be rich, do what? Copy. Copy rich people. Amen? You are waiting. You only want to copy the shirt that they are wearing. No, 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 no. Better copy the thing that gave them what they have. Amen? They go and use your small school fees they have given you to go and buy Louis Vuitton. (laughs) Are you in the church or not? (laughs) Should I continue? I'm showing you the laws that you are activating when you are paying your tithe. You know, some of you, you have paid a certain tithe because, oh, you've grown up doing it or you have just believed it. But sometimes knowing some of these things helps you to continue. Are you seeing it? And also, it gives you an expectation. There are some of you, you have not reaped from your tithing because you have not expected it. Yay. The next one. Tithing. Tithing. What another law you activate is the law of seasons. The law of what? Seasons. You know, the law of seasons is actually very similar to the, um, the, the, the reaping and sowing. But it's not only reaping and sowing that are seasons. Everywhere in the world, or in many places in the world, there are more than two seasons. Hallelujah. And you are recognizing that sometimes you have and you sow other times you do not have and that's how life is Mm. are you getting it that's how life is so when you receive something you recognize it as a season of sowing hallelujah it's very important to recognize these seasons because when you plant the thing at the right time there's some sweating you don't do for example maybe next semester i hope that we'll have time so that you have a convention of your own here and amen yeah hallelujah every time every time you hear of convention say to yourself this is my sewing time it's additional sewing time why because that's how many, the lord will bring many things to you yeah the convention is an intense season of uh, there's a lot of intense prayer intense worship there's word there's also an, a, an opportunity to sow seeds me when i'm going to a convention i'm ready i'm ready i'm ready i know that it is sowing time are you there yeah the first time we ever bought a house it was from a seed sown in a convention mm, it was a season of sowing the man of god who had come to preach said that when you are coming tomorrow bring a special seed with you to sow Right there, I heard a voice in my ear saying that the money that you have put aside, bring it. <laughs> Meanwhile, I had put it aside because where I lived was very far from where my parents lived. And my parents were in their 70s. And I said, look, as I'm here, one day they'll call that, oh, your mother is not well or your father, something, you need something to be able to get out from here, get there and take the parents to hospital and do what you have to do. And the Lord said, go for that one. So... <laughs> I went for it. I told my husband about it. I went for it. I remember standing there that day when the man of God said, you have your seed, lift it up. In fact, when I lifted up my hands, look, 
fear started to come because I said, Lord, what am I doing? What am I doing? I would have sown a seed, but this one, what if <laughs> something happens, a call comes? But I remember that after praying, I just walked from my seat and I went to put the money in the, I mean, the, the man of God was holding the basket. And as I turned away, then he said, I see you owning, I, I see you what, um, owning your house. When he said it, I said, amen, I came to sit there. A year, within a year after that word, we had a house. Yeah. Are you there? On top of that, the parents who I was saving the money for, they never got sick when I was there. I never had to do any emergency journey home. I never had to do anything like that. They were healthy. Are you in the house? You see. But I'm just sharing with you so that you understand what a season is. You know, so a season is not always there. So when something comes into your hand and you are supposed to tithe from it, I want you to see it as this is a season of doing something, of sowing something. This is another season that has come into my life. Hallelujah. As you can see, those who try to get you not to tithe don't know what they are talking about. Because it's like saying, eat all your seed, don't sow. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, how, is, how on earth every seed you get, you are going to eat it? Please ask your neighbor, ask your neighbor, does it even make sense to you? Hey. Dry season, we are not sowing anything. Rain too is falling too, you have not sown anything. Oh, I think we have to be serious. <laughs> Can you push your neighbor and tell your neighbor, we better be serious. <laughs> Genesis chapter 41 I'm reading from verse 29 Behold there come seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt and there shall arise after them seven years of famine and all the plenty shall be forgotten in the land of Egypt and the famine shall consume the land and the plenty shall not be known in the land by reason of that famine following for it shall be very grievous. Can you see the seasons there? This was the interpretation of Pharaoh's dream. When Pharaoh was being told that, he had dreamt that there were going to be seven years of food and seven years of famine. And in explaining the dream to him, Joseph told him that for seven years there will be everything. And then there will come a season when there's nothing. So you must be able to recognize your good. Hallelujah. Because this is how life is. It's not every day that is a bumper harvest. Ah, which country has a bumper harvest every day? Give us one. Every day there's a bumper harvest there. Which country is that? It's a figment of your imagination. <laughs> Are you in the church? But you can see how by operating wisdom in the season of plenty, the season of lenient, uh, of, of famine was covered. Amen. Amen. And when in the season when God is bringing you an allowance, here you are, tithing, tithing, tithing. Who knows what is ahead? Who knows? Because I know people who are finished school and they've sat down for four years to get a job. Yeah. That's a lean time. That's a lean time. 
You see, and it wasn't because they didn't do one guy. He was even a first-class student. Hmm. <laughs> if I were you in such times, I'll remind the Lord that Charlie, when I had a job, I tithed. Yeah. I tithed. If you give me another job, I will continue. You see. And it will get you through your difficult time. Hallelujah. Lift up your hand and say, Lord, remember me. Remember me in every season. Hallelujah. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 says what? <laughs> the Living Bible says there is a right time for everything. A time to be born, a time to die. A time to plant and a time to harvest. Here it says to pluck up what is, is planted. Amen. Amen. Now, another thing that you need to know is that as you tithe willingly, you activate another law. And that is the law of a willing attitude. A willing attitude. You can be doing something, but you are not willing. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Like some of you, you have come to church tonight, but you are not exactly a willing participant. Mm. You are not happy because somebody brought you to the church. <laughs> I beg you, change your mind, change your mind, change your face. <laughs> Listen, there's an interesting scripture in Isaiah. Let's go there, Isaiah chapter 1, 19 and 20. If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. If you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured. That's something... <laughs> What I want to show you is the good of the land. Kenneth Hagin talks about a time when the Lord had given him something to do. And he was doing it and he was not seeing the fruit that he expected. So he went to complain to the Lord that, ah, but you are the one who promised that you would do this and this and that and that. And then the Lord told him, you have been obedient, but you are not willing. <laughs> Are you there? And many of you, <laughs> or some of you, <laughs> because you have not understood what it is to tithe, you have not obeyed. Hmm? But you to have a willing attitude, even when you don't fully understand how it works. To be honest with you, how it works is not even our business. If we, do, if we knew it, it would be God. Mm. Amen. But your attitude is very important. Somebody once said that your attitude will determine your altitude. That means your attitude will determine how high you go. Yeah. Sometimes there are people who may not be very talented, but they get a certain job and a more talented person is not given. And the reason is the attitude. Yeah. Ask your neighbor, what kind of attitude do you have? Amen. If you are going to already now, the allowance that you are giving no, is not enough for you. The salary you are giving is not enough for you. So already, no, I didn't know. And so it's not enough. So if you are going to, <laughs> you better find a willing attitude to add. Because if you start to think about it logically, you will not do it. Hey. Hallelujah. 
Am I talking to some people tonight? Yeah. The attitude with which you give your tithe, it matters. Now, if I take this thing I'm holding and I come and I give it this way, you know. In fact, if I even wrap it up and put a bow tie and I give it, you know. But if I also come and I'm giving it, I say, hmm. <laughs> Colette. <laughs> Is it not the same thing? It's the same thing, but how? The attitude. The attitude. The attitude. You are bringing your tithe to the Lord. You find some fresh notes or whatever. At least the best ones you have, you pick it out. As soon as you get that, then you generally put it into the envelope. Sunday, say stand up and pray. You lift it and you actually pray, Lord, thank you that you gave me something as I'm bringing my tent. Lord, I bring it. May your house be blessed. But Lord, also remember me and then you give it. I mean, or you just come, they say, hmm, let me look for this thing before they come and disturb my life. <laughs> me, I don't want any trouble. God, collect. <laughs> hey! Who do you think is going to reap a better reward? <laughs> Tell your neighbor, change your attitude. Change your attitude. Change your attitude. You know, from today, from today, I want you to come with your tithe, with your tithe, with a good attitude. Amen? And, and say to yourself that I'm bringing something. God actually wants something from me. You know, you, <clears throat> what should I say? When a big man needs something from you, don't you feel good? Hey! The president is passing and his water is finished and they stop by your house. That the president is looking for water. <laughs> you will, thank you. You will forget whether your party is N or C or what. The president has stopped and is looking for what? Water. Yeah. If there's no water in your house, cry you. <laughs> Look, you will, if it is not cold, cry, it will be, hey. Why? Why? Because it's a privilege that such a big man should need something from you. Now it is God who said that you should bring in the full type. Are you seeing it? That there may be meat in my house. So God, you actually need it. I don't understand why you need it because you say you have everything, but for some reason you are saying that my one ten, that from if it is hundred cities, my ten cities matters to you. Hey, it's a privilege. It's a privilege. So bring it with a certain attitude that I am honored, crap that I can add something. Yeah, it's a blessing. Thank you for trusting me to bring something. Thank you for trusting me to add something. Hallelujah. And as you do it, you will see that you are blessed giving it and you are also blessed receiving. Hallelujah. Oh, are you there? Put your hands together for the Lord tonight. Amen. Look at it. <laughs> Bring the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house. The Lord needs your tithe to put some meat into his house. It's an honor. Hallelujah. Tell the neighbor, I don't know about you, but me, I'm changing my attitude. I'm changing my attitude. Oh, yeah. Oh. I'm giving it with a good attitude. 
with a good attitude. Hallelujah. And finally, the last law that I want to go to tonight, the law of obedience. Oh, yes, this one. The law of obedience. Many of you, the reason why you don't do in school is that you do well in school is that you cannot follow. <laughs> you cannot obey instructions. <laughs> if we come onto the WhatsApp page and we say, put down this in capitals and this in small letters, you'll be, look, you will change it. <laughs> you will change it. The one that is supposed to be capitals, you bring it in small letters. And the one, I mean, simple instructions. I have some people here, simple instructions. After your meeting on Thursday or Friday, fill a form. Fill a form. Just fill a form. <laughs> Not that you have to even think what to write, but we have written everything there. The form is written is that like this. All you need is on your phone. Just fill it. Write your name here, to here, this here, this here, this thing. Send. Impossible. Impossible. 14 weeks of it, you can't even do. 14 weeks. 14 weeks. Mercy. 14 weeks, first semester. 40 weeks of seconds, you still, you can't. Instructions. So, when you are paying your tithe, say that, Charlie, at least there's one thing in my life I'll be able to obey. <laughs> to obey. When they tell us the medicine, take it one now. Eight hours later, Take another one. After that, morning, evening, morning, evening, then you are finished. Most of you, you can't. You take the first one. In fact, the first one, you are feeling very sick, so you take it obediently. Oh, you have gone far. The same day, eight hours. Yay! I forgot, I forgot, I forgot. Twelve hours, you are taking. Hey. Oh, hold your neighbor's ear. Tell your neighbor, yeah. I didn't say pull it. I said hold it. Tell your neighbor, yeah, swear day. Everybody. Hey, 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 hey. Our ears are hard. Oh. Hmm. Some of you, eh, as I preach today, I've given you several reasons why you may not be doing well in school. I've given you a lot of them. This is one. Yeah. This is one. So if you are listening, listen with proper ears. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. You get the exam question. <laughs> question one is compulsory. After that, choose any three other questions. Simple instruction. You get up and you choose three other questions and leave out question one and then you wonder why you got a C minus in the subject it was the instruction you could not obey obeying instructions obeying instructions 
Yeah. It's a very serious thing, oh. Most of you never pilot a plane. Ube kumnipa. To pilot a plane, to be a pilot, you need only one thing. Ability to obey instructions without any questions. You don't ask any question. No, I'm very serious. Every time I fly, I watch something that they do. You will notice some things that we think are very simple, two people will do. Yes, where we put the luggage, your hand baggage at the top. It's a very simple compartment that you can close. They will leave all of them open. They will leave all open. Then at a certain time, they come. One holds this side, the other holds it, they push it together. And they'll go like that all the way through. When they finish, then the person leading them, they actually announce, you can hear it. And you say, they'll tell them, cabin crew, arm the doors. It says, follow, it tells you, arm the doors, and it, it tells them according to the regulations. And it says, two of them, and they go there. One is standing, watching the other, and the other just, just to take a lock from here. That's all. If they don't arm the door, you'll be up there, and the door will go on a journey, and as it is going, hey, when they land, after landing, they will cruise and stop. And then they say, disarm the door. And the same two people at the same door will go there just to go. Instructions. You don't start saying, ah, but why? Can I not just close the thing myself? Can I not open? Can you not what? Are you there? The ability to obey instructions. He's given us an instruction. When money is given to you, bring me 10%. It's an instruction. You say, unless I understand why, train would do 32,000 feet up there. You understand why you had to arm the door. <laughs> oh yeah, recently, a certain guy jumped up and opened the door, try to open the door. He's been jailed, cry. Hmm. Are you in the church? <laughs> yeah. The law of obedience. Maybe you didn't know it was a law. Amen. But let me ask you something. If you gave somebody thousand cities and told him that when he receives the thousand cities, he should bring you hundred cities. And he doesn't do it. Will you go ahead to give him one million cities? Oh, someone said she's even going for a thousand. Mm. Now you understand your brokenness. When he brought you 50 cities and said, bring me five, you said, I won't. Why should he give you 5,000? Why? When he brought you thousand and said, bring me hundred, you said it is too much. I bet you so. <laughs> He'll bring it down. Because you can't be <laughs> you can't be trusted. Yeah, you cannot be trusted. <laughs> One day, somebody sent me money and said, use the money 
to do something in church. For me, it's obvious. So I brought it. And I told my neighbor, my, my pastors, that's all. Oh, they gave me this money to do this. And somebody said, and you actually brought it. And I looked at him. I said, ah, what am I supposed to do with it? What should I use it for? But you understand what the person is saying. Because if I never brought it, nobody will ever know. Nobody will know. But God will know. God will know. And that's why he can trust me with something else. What about you? As at now, he's only giving you small amounts of money. Have you given him a reason to increase it? If not, my preaching is for you. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Hey! Stand to your feet. And bow down your head and start to pray for yourself. Hey! Maybe you have discovered that you are the reason why some money has not come to you. Because he gave you 100 and said, bring 10, you never brought it. He gave you 200 and said, bring 20, you brought 5. He gave you 5,000. You were to bring 500, you brought 100. You have written your own rules of poverty. Tonight you want to say, Lord, forgive me. I didn't know it was such serious business. Lord, give me another chance. Wash out, oh God. Wash out all the times I've cheated you, Lord. Forgive me for cheating you, Lord. And please help me to walk with you in the right way. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Maybe as I was preaching, yours was just the things that have to do with your studies. And you want to say, Lord, I want to sow properly now, Lord. Forgive me. I want to sow properly. I want to sow properly, giving you your due in time and the due that I must spend in my studies. Father, we stand before you just as we are. We ask you to forgive us, O oh God. We ask you to forgive us, Lord. Give us another chance. I pray for those of us who have messed up. I say, Lord, give us another chance. That as we begin to type, Lord, as we begin, Lord, we are so privileged to be able to contribute something into your house. I pray that your will will be done in our lives. Break the yokes of poverty over us, O oh God. Break the yokes of poverty over us. Help us to do well. We thank you, Lord. We give you praise in the mighty name of Jesus. All the saints will say amen. And as every head is bowed and as every eye is closed, you are here tonight and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I want to invite you to come and give your life to him. It's the beginning of everything. Before you come, he asks for nothing. But as you come, he says, bring me your life. Bring me your life. You're here tonight. Your name is not in the Lamb's book of life. You're here tonight unsure of what the future holds when time is over. You are here tonight with your mind in a certain space, but you need Jesus. Tonight I want to just have the opportunity to bring you before him. You want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Just lift up your right hand where you are standing. Just lift it and we're going to pray together. Just lift it. We want to pray together. You want to lift it as a sign that you need him. 
and if you've lifted I may not be able to see you but just come towards me I'm seeing one hand, two hands where I'm standing just step out and come to me I want to pray with you God bless you just come, God bless you, God bless you just stand here, just come let's pray quickly come on to Jesus come oh just come let us pray together to Jesus God bless you so precious in the sight of the Lord tonight. God bless you. God bless you. standing in front, pray this prayer after me and though, let it make it your prayer those of you standing in the congregation just support us as we pray you want to say Lord Jesus I come to you today as a sinner please wash me in your blood cleanse me from my sins please write my name in the book of life Lord Jesus from today you are my savior and you are my lord i thank you for saving me in jesus name father i lift up these ones before your throne of grace i pray oh god that you will lift them up oh god and draw them to you and may they always be glad for tonight i thank you may they never go backwards in jesus name amen We believe that you have been blessed by this message. For more information, you can follow us on Facebook, Fountain of Life Cathedral, and on Instagram and Twitter at F-O-L-C-I-D-S-E. God richly bless you.